welcome to Life Science Marketing Radio, the podcast where marketing leaders inside and outside the sciences share their creative ideas and practical approaches to increasing your marketing ROI. Here's your host, Chris Connor. Hello, everyone. Welcome back. We are a quarter of the way through the year. I hope it's going well for you. We might be at the point, I hope, where we might be able to assess what we can get back to and what has changed permanently on the marketing landscape. Specifically, are you looking for new ways to communicate your brand story? If so, I might have a few ideas for you. Some of them are way out of the box. Curious? Send me an email at chris at lifesciencemarketingradio.com. That's enough business. Let's jump right into this episode. We're talking about a challenge that you are likely to face at some point in your career. My guest today is Max Palasinski. He's the segment marketing manager for cell and gene therapy at Millipore Sigma. Max, welcome to the podcast. Awesome. Thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Uh, really been looking forward to this. So excited. Thank yeah, you. Yeah, me too. Because what we're going to talk about today is something I think um, a lot of people struggle with, particularly in big companies that acquire lots of little companies. How do you communicate to multiple different product lines that may have come into your company one at a time who are now all trying to market to the same group of people? And bring them together with an overall message. So this is really a, a leadership challenge as well as a marketing challenge. So for context, Max, tell everybody what your role is. Sure. So let me just start with Millipore Sigma in general. It's a pretty big company. There's a lot to it. So I personally have been at Millipore for the past three years. And in super simple terms, Millipore Sigma is a vendor that provides tools, services, and digital platforms to really help empower scientists and engineers through some of like the their toughest challenges in terms of, of working within the life science industry. From a global perspective, we go by the name of, of Merck, and in North America and in Canada, it's Millipore Sigma. That is a common question I get asked, so I just thought I would address that off the bat. And then a little bit about what I do in terms of the organization that I work in a specific group called Process Solutions. Within Process Solutions, really what it is, everything that falls within a manufacturing facility. That can be products, it can be from filters, media, hardware systems, single-use consumables, connectors. From a, a, a testing perspective, it's everything that falls within testing. So that could be analytical testing, it could be product characterization, biosafety testing, and then also within process solutions, there's a manufacturing aspect of it as well. So we have two CMOs. We have one out of Carlsbad, California, that specifically focuses within the manufacturing of viral vectors, such as AAV and lentivirus. And then we also have another a CMO facility out of Mardiac, France, more so on MABS and vaccines. So within this process solutions ecosystem that I live in, my current role is the segment marketing manager within cell and gene therapy. In terms of what segment marketing is, really it's taking a step back from, from marketing and looking at our customers in terms of what they operate in. The lens that we look through is specifically a lens of cell and gene therapy customers. What we try to incorporate in this is everything that our customer, our cell and gene therapy customers might use, 
What does Millipore Sigma offer? And how do we push that out to our customers in one cohesive message and one cohesive set of imagery where we're not confusing the customer in regards to what Millipore Sigma offers specifically for cell and gene therapy. Within our group, we have a total of four segments. I work within cell and gene therapy. We do have a monoclonal antibody segment. We also have a vaccine segment, and then we also have a plasma segment. So they do the very, very similar type of work, but just within different types of modalities and just focusing on one specific customer and those unique set of challenges that they might be having. As I mentioned, this happens in a lot of companies that grow by acquisition. When I worked at Varian, one of the challenges the salespeople would tell me was, we have so many things, and yet a lot of our customers know us for only one thing, maybe the brand they came in with. Yeah. You, you want to communicate all the other things you can do for them, but you don't want to hit them with a, an email at breakfast, lunch, and dinner every day. Talk about this challenge that you're trying to address in that regard. Sure. So it's funny you said that, actually. So Millipore Sigma is really known for our filters. In the eyes of customers in the past, we're just a filter company, but we do have a lot more to offer than just filters. So backing up in, in regards to segment marketing, one of the things that and I'll jump to your question about what are some of the challenges we're trying to address now. But within segment marketing, one of the things that we're trying to do is, is pull together our complete portfolio of products and services and, and experience that we have within Millipore Sigma and push that out. Back in 2018, when I first started, there was a challenge that we were facing from a process solutions standpoint was that we have all these different products and services, and they are all marketing on their own levels and on their own annual um, operating plans to the cell and gene therapy segment. So you're pushing out all these different messages and all these images and all these mini campaigns and tactics to all these customers. And it was really just confusing the customer in regards to what, what we had. So what we were trying to do here is really create one campaign for cell and gene therapy to build awareness around our complete portfolio of products, services, and testing for our cell and gene therapy customers. And in super simple terms, what we were trying to solve here was we were trying to eliminate customers coming back to our sales and account management teams of saying, oh, I didn't know Millipore Sigma had a CMO for viral vector manufacturing, or I didn't know that you guys provided hardware solutions for TFF and chromatography. Because in the past, all of these marketing campaigns and tactics for cell and gene therapy were siloed by themselves. So when we look at a, a business from process solutions, we have three pillars. Um, the first pillar is like our testing services for cell and gene therapy. And then in the middle, which is like the big chunk, which is bioprocessing, that's like all the filters, everything in a manufacturing facility. And then on the very end, we have our services for our contract manufacturing. So that's our complete portfolio. Pulling that all together and pushing that out was our solution to that problem that our, our customers were facing. And that's where this segment marketing comes into kind of reaching across and leading through influence outside of my space and outside of my team. because. I do not have any direct reports around these other business units. It's really trying to push buy-in and explaining the value of this campaign and some of these projects that we're doing and explaining how this type of campaign across the entire organization is really going to provide value to everybody that participates. So that's a, the problem that we faced in 2018. And then that was the solution we put in at the start of, of 2019 in regards to that. And that is the leadership challenge. When you say you don't have any direct reports, 
I've been in that boat as well, trying to bring together different groups. And then there's a higher level management that says you got to do this, that, and the other. Mm -hmm. Talk about how do you get um, the business units to buy into this kind of unified thing? Because they have to give up a little bit of control and hope it's... that that you know <laughs> what you're doing. Yeah, no, it's a really good question, and it's it's probably 75% of my job is working with these other groups and making sure that we're all on the same page. There's a, a tremendous amount of alignment within this campaign to make sure to have a full understanding of what everybody's doing in regards to cell and gene therapy. So there's four, or I should say five things, in five, I, I guess five aspects in regards to how do we lead through influence on this campaign and how do we have buy-in from these other groups. First off is we needed to present this problem to upper management and get their buy-in. So once we pre presented this to them in 2018, I think it was it was a really clear problem that we explained to them and they bought in it from they bought in into it from the very beginning. So once we had buy-in from them, it's a trickle-down effect. It was a little bit easier to talk to these other groups and, and get their support as well because we can go back and say, agrees to this project, they're going to be the sponsor of it. They fully believe in the value of what this can bring to the, the organization from an internal perspective, but also from a customer perspective as well. Secondly is you really need to communicate the – you really need to communicate – the value of this project to all the business units and explain how important it is to have one or how important it is not to have this current process of what we're doing of working individually and putting out all these different messages and everything. So getting buy-in from that of explaining what happens if we don't do this campaign, we're still going to operate in these individual silos. We're still going to have mixed messaging. Our sales teams and our account management uh, teams are still going to come back to us and be like, this is still a problem that's going on. So explaining what is the world if we don't do anything to fix the current problem. And then third is explaining and painting a picture of this overall campaign. And I guess when I say campaign, it's a pretty big campaign. There's a lot of tactics that fall underneath of it. So explaining the value of the campaign and explaining how you're going to include all these other groups and showing and painting this picture of all the things that you're going to do to help support their product areas, their business goals, and their objectives. Because a lot of that is, is me working in the trenches with them on projects to provide an extra hand or support or ideas in regards to anything that, that they're marketing for cell and gene therapy. Also explaining that this campaign is going to help their customer base. Like I think going back to that again over and over again is just making it, it very clear that this is designed to help you more than anything. Fourthly is you need to be really flexible and you be, need to be very transparent and you need to be very open about other people's ideas and other people's goals and their commitment in terms of resources, whether that's financially or, or their time as well. So understanding that people might have ideas that maybe may not be the best idea, but you need to try to fit in all these ideas to make people feel like they're being heard and they are being included. This isn't like just coming down from me and telling all these people what to do. It's truly a team effort across a, a pretty big group. Making sure that everyone's heard, making sure that people's projects or ideas are always being considered and if if they are if they do make it to the to the annual marketing plan making sure that you give them the opportunity to lead on those projects and manage their ideas and whatnot I think that's 
that's really important is making sure that, that happens and you're flexible and you're open to, to different ideas. And because there's such a wide, diverse group of people, people communicate differently. So making sure that you're listening correctly and you're responding back and everything. There's a lot of little things that go into it that might not seem like a lot. And I think I've learned that over the past maybe year and a half of adjusting to people's communication styles or even learning styles when you're trying to explain things. Just understanding people really because that's really what it is is people it's not so much a marketing campaign it's almost like a people campaign because we can't get it done without everybody so so let me back up a second i presume that for each of those customers they have do they have one or multiple sales reps coming from millipore sigma to them so they have multiple. So between the different, the three business units of testing, bioprocessing, and then manufacturing, there's actually three separate sets of sales reps and account managers that sell those specific products or services. So one of the, one of the things we were trying to solve with that was if there was somebody on you know, the testing side of it that only has one account manager that sells testing products, we wanted to be able to have that customer reach out to their account manager for testing services and say, hey, I, I had no idea that you guys offered X, Y, and Z filters. Is there a way you can connect me to somebody who could help me maybe get, get a trial in here to get some new filters in to see if something might work for this type of virus? And then we would obviously, that relationship would expand to the right people internally. So that's building that awareness and trying to communicate that internally as well was important. So, and So I imagine even in that scenario... Your sales team is probably on board early, right? It can only help them. It makes their job easier. It's hard Absolutely. for the marketing guys, but the salespeople are going to drive it and say, hey, this will make my customers happy. Absolutely. It's funny that you mentioned buy-in. We talked for a little bit about those three specific groups, but even though the objective of this campaign is to drive awareness of our overall portfolio of products and services, you still need buy-in from the sales. Like even though it's not a lead generation campaign, but you still need, you know, sales to be able to talk to our customers about our full portfolio offering. There is a back end of what our group does is training about our full portfolio of services and products. When those conversations do get brought up, they are able to have those conversations and they are educated enough to have those structured conversations about our full portfolio, which has been marketed out to to the cell and gene therapy segment. There is a kind of a a back end to that as well. That's not so much marketing, but it's almost the same challenges we have internally is that a lot of times within a large organization, we truly, a lot of people don't really know what we have to offer for cell and gene therapy. So how do you sell something if you don't fully understand what we have to offer? There is a back end of it where we do train and educate about that full portfolio, products and services that we have for those customers. Yeah. Let's talk about your overall value prop. When you do this, does it, it it can have the effect of diluting the message that you might've sent on a more targeted, to more targeted groups when you have to have this broad overall thing. How do you balance that? Because clearly you have to be specific and yet communicate the broad portfolio. Yeah, it's it's certainly a challenge, especially when you get into the product areas, because you look at bioprocessing and you look at every single unit operation from you're looking at like upstream, downstream, all the way through final fill. There's a lot of different product areas that are pushing out content and marketing collateral to these customers. So we needed to come up with one value prop that kind of fit across all three of these business units. And we needed to make sure that 
all three of these organizations were really happy with the value prop that we had. So in 2018, when we first started this project, we did quite a bit of customer research. And what we wanted to find out were what were some of the challenges that the whole cell and gene therapy market was having. And essentially what they came back to us with was there's this, there's these three, we call them the three U's that are cell and gene therapy customers face. And the first one is unique. And that is specifically in regards to cell and gene therapy that each process is different. Because there's only so few approved cell and gene therapies on the market, there is no specific template or process that these companies can follow. So every single process that they do is very unique in that aspect. The second U is urgent. And this comes directly from cell and gene therapy having a very compressed timeline in regards to manufacturing compared to other types of modalities where a MAB might be eight to 10 years, a vaccine sometimes is 10 or 10, 12, 15 years. Cell and gene therapy is three to five. So you have another set of unique challenges trying to do all of this process development, clinical manufacturing, commercial manufacturing within three to five years. So it's a very high strung sense of urgency to get this out the door. And then the last U is uncertainty. And that's specifically around the lack of regulatory guidelines because there is only a handful of approved therapies. Th there really is no written guidelines for these drug manufacturers to follow. So what, what we did is we looked at those three U's essentially, and we, and we figured out in terms of the competition in the space that we play in, really where is our value proposition that, that can fall within all three of those problems? And what we found out internally when we had these conversations was really, it's our experience that we have working with customers is really our value proposition. Yeah, maybe we have some better filters than other organizations, but there are certain other companies that have better products and services within different areas. But something we felt that we had better than everybody else, our true value prop was our experience, that we can come in and really work with a customer. We have an incredibly talented group of process development scientists, engineers, manufacturing scientists that can come in and really help develop a process for cell and gene therapy customers. So our value proposition was draw on our experience. And really it's, it, it ties into something as well. The name of the, the campaign is actually the art of gene therapy. So something we learned about our customers was because cell and gene therapy manufacturing is so unique. Scientists and engineers within the manufacturing space felt that there was a sense of creativity when developing these processes compared to a MAB or vaccine where it's very templated. Here's A, here's B, here's C, where gene therapy, it's like, all right, let's pull this over here, see if it works. It doesn't work. Let's try something from all the way over here and put it in and let's see if it works. So in terms of a process, there's this sense of creativity that they felt. That's why we named it the art of gene therapy, draw on our experience, bring your therapy to life. That's our value prop and it's supported by customer research. And again, when we presented that to the broader organization, I think they all agreed that our overall experience is probably the number one thing. And it does provide value to every you know single group within the organization. And it also makes sense from a, a customer perspective as well. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. How do you and the business units work together on these campaigns? Yes. So there is one over overarching campaign, which is uh, the art of gene therapy. And then underneath of that, we have 
the the different business units that kind of put their marketing plans into this campaign for cell and gene therapy. So anything within our 2021 plan that these three groups are doing in terms of cell and gene therapy, we all meet on a regular basis. So there's an incredible amount of alignment between these different groups and conversations to make sure that things are still on track and are things still going to follow through on your AOP or is something going to change? Do we need to move something out? I think, again, going back to that leading through influence is is a lot of the times people see me as the leader of the project. And, and I guess that's the case in regards to you have to put in the work to set up those meetings, to organize, to align, because to be completely honest with you, it's not their responsibility to reach out to me. This is something that I lead. So it's, it's really being serving them to the best I can. What can I do to help you in terms of getting your AOP done for, for cell and gene therapy? Is there any marketing things that you need from me? Is there any subject matter experts from, from my group that I can help support you on this project? Is there any media outlets that we can reach out to to see if we can get this to a broader audience? So it's a lot of internal alignment, a lot of internal stakeholder management and, and relationship building, and just constant communication on a weekly and a monthly basis of just understanding what these different groups are doing and being agile too, especially because of the pandemic and everything. Things change in terms of, oh, all of a sudden you got $30,000 extra. It's what are we going to do with that? Or we have yeah. to add some things, move something out. Or sometimes it's, hey, we lost $30,000. It's going to a different group. Okay, how do we pivot? How do we reallocate some funds and, and some change some different projects up? Again, those are all done on a discussed at a group level. So just making sure we have those reoccurring meetings and that everybody's on track and has open communication and just presenting the value of what each group is doing to other groups as well. Have you had to make any adjustments to your original plan, your vision of how this might work, things you've learned along the way? Yeah, there's been quite a few. There's been a lot of planning in H2 of 20 or even of 2019 and of 2020 around new product launches that are specifically for the cell and gene therapy segment. We've had a handful of delays and timelines and deadlines pushed back. When you plan your marketing plan to talk about a specific product in, let's say, Q1, and you find out that's not getting launched until Q4 because the data is not ready, you really got to figure out and pivot very quickly of, okay, we have all these activities for Q1. What are we going to replace it with? So we've learned very, we've learned to keep like a running side project list of things that are of interest to us of like when things do get moved, it's all oh, remember that idea we thought about like six months ago. Let's try that. We can put that in here and see if it works, if we have the time and resources. So that's one of the things we've done with kind of pivoting and being a little bit more flexible with our plans. The other aspect was, I think, last year in 2020 was we had this strategy to really play a big presence within the trade show space. For the last couple of years, we've taken a step back while we were developing the strategy of this campaign and kind of the value prop and again, the messaging and, and the creative elements. We really didn't put a whole lot of time into customer facing events at trade shows and conferences, right? So at the start of 2020, we had heavily front loaded our conferences and trade shows to show up old school with the big boots, the big banners, and all that stuff. And we had some really cool ideas with some very large 3D printed viruses that glue up in every different colors <laughs> and everything. So we really thought about this for a while. And then when the pandemic hit, we were like, okay, so what do we do now? We have all this stuff. We got to figure out what to do. One of the, the biggest challenges we had is that we had a, a customer event planned in Boston in July, and this was supposed to be a pretty big event, rent out a, a big section of a convention center and have you know a bunch of customers come and, and just 
really present thought leadership on selling gene therapy to them, hopefully to solve you know their challenges that they might be facing. When that happened, we had to flip it to digital. And that was the first time Millipore Sigma has ever done anything from a customer event that large from a digital sense. We've done webinars, you're looking at 150 to 200, maybe 300 people at most. But when that changes to a, from an in-person event to a digital event, you have to pivot quickly. You learn a lot very quickly, and there's a lot of lessons learned from that project. And a lot of those lessons have been applied to other digital projects throughout the organization as well after that one. So I think overall, there's been a lot of things that have changed from the, the original plan. And I think that's now that's expected. So it's not so much of a, a shock when something does get delayed or something gets moved around. It's expected. So I think we're a little bit more, I think we've adapted to to being a little bit more flexible since the start of the campaign. So, Any feedback from customers on this? Do, do you get a sense of whether they notice at all or they go, oh, this is really helpful? Yeah, we spend the, the other side of segment marketing. I mentioned we do quite a bit of like sales training around the cell and gene therapy process. One of the things that we've noticed when we have these conversations with sales, we interact with them quite a bit, is they are they are noticing that they are getting more requests on different unit operation areas than before. What that means to us is that there is, the awareness is building in the mind of the customer, meaning that if they were originally just buying filters from us, and now they're starting to ask questions about a media, whether that's our SF9 media or it's our you know Virus Express media, they're now asking about these, which was never asked about before. That's one way that we're noticing it. And it's not, we don't have any specific like data around it, but from the conversations that we have with our sales teams is that's getting brought up more and more frequently that customer A is asking now for media and filters compared to just being filters or customer B was only working with our media and now they're looking to create a platform for their entire downstream process. So essentially what we're noticing is that the, the customer cart is expanding and it's expanding to a variety of different products. It's not just expanding one product. It's expanding into different unit operations. That's one thing that we've noticed. And then in terms of our messaging, when we pushed it out, we've done some market research on, on the messaging late last year, and we wanted to compare it to our competitors in regards to what they were doing. So we've got some really good data points back from this survey. It was uh, a survey of 101 customers about all the different types of marketing material that they see, whether it's in their inbox or out in the World Wide Web. So we got some really good feedback in regards to the messaging and the creative elements that we've used. So. What that tells us is that it's resonating with customers, that we're standing out in all of this noise. And that was something that we, we really focused on from the very beginning was, was that was we wanted to stand out and be different and really focus on our value proposition of our, our experience and what we can offer to a customer. So, This has been very helpful as, as I thought. The two challenges of one, building that value prop across business units and then just the leadership challenge of how to work with those different groups that you don't have direct responsibility for and make that stuff happen and improve the overall customer experience. Max, I want to thank you very much for taking the time to talk with me. Yeah, awesome. Thanks so much for having me and I appreciate the time. Yeah, you bet. I think the messaging challenge we spoke about today is significant. But regardless of your job, learning how to influence people and groups of people that aren't your direct reports is hugely valuable. So I hope that's helpful. 
I have a number of other valuable episodes coming up on mentoring, storytelling, and getting those hard-to-reach customers that might need a little bit different value prop to get them on board. You don't want to miss these episodes, and think of how good you'll feel when your colleagues thank you for sharing them. You know what I mean. If you like this podcast enough to listen to the end, you know at least two other people who should also be listening. I'd be very grateful if you'd tell them about it. That's all for now. If everything goes to plan, you'll hear from me again in two weeks. Bye-bye.